0: It's time for Mac Geek Cab and listener PC Unix in our Discord brings us our opening quick tip of the week. He says, I have been annoyed for some time by the five minute increments for setting the time in reminders. I knew I could create the reminder with my voice and say at 6.02 a.m., but I didn't know how to edit an existing reminder with more precise minutes than every five minutes, which is what the little roller gives me. Turns out it's easy. Double tap on the time and type what I want. Why do I want this? To get certain reminders just before another. More tips like this, plus your questions answered today on MacGeekGab 972 for Monday, March 13th, 2023. Welcome to Mac Geekab, the show where we share tips like that one. We share your questions and answer them as best we can. We share your cool stuff found. We put it all together into an agenda, the goal being that each and every one of us learns at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include Factor where you can head to factormeals.com slash MGG 60 to get 60% off your first box collide, which now works with Okta for device security. You can learn about that at dot slash MGG and wild grain, where you can get 30 bucks off your first box plus free croissants in every box. When you visit wildgrain.com slash MGG, we'll talk more in depth about every one of those in a minute here for now here in Oh, wait, where am I? Uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, at the lovely Westgate Hotel. I'm Dave Hamilton.
1: And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Braun. And here,
2: I have no idea where I am. I think I'm in Aachen, Germany. Oh, Just came in
0: from Hong Kong. Huh? <laughs> wow. Pilot Pete. Glad to be with you guys. Wow. Wow. This is... Uh... Yeah. This is the it's not often that we're in three different time zones, but but it seems right. today that is the case. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. fascinating. Fascinating. I think I'm in
2: three different time zones all by myself right now.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I, I know the feeling. We're still recording yeah. here on Eastern Time. Speaking of Eastern Time, uh, we like to do these hangouts every now and then. Uh, We're trying to do one a month, and I want to get ahead of alerting you all to the next one. It will be on Sunday, March 26th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. It is in our calendar. Excuse me. You can subscribe at MacGeekUp.com slash calendar. You can join our Discord uh, at MacGeekUp.com slash Discord. The Zoom link will be in there. We can't pu- post it publicly on social media because otherwise we spend most of the Hangout just fighting off the, uh, the the script kitties. So I don't know what the topic of this one will be. We're still working that out in Discord mostly. It's up to you. So uh, so join our Discord. We'll chat about whatever it's going to be. But the Hangouts are – it's nice to have a topic and we will have a topic. But really, it's just nice to get the community together. So so that's, uh, that's coming up uh, Sunday, March 26th. And with that, I think it's time to uh, dive back into the quick tips, John F. Braun. How about, uh, how about Adam? Um, <clears throat>
1: sure. Excuse me. Um, Adam says, I just discovered something I don't think has been mentioned on your show. I have many screens full of apps on my iPhone, so I wasn't sure where a newly downloaded app was. I figured searching would be the best way to find it, so I do the pull down to activate search. I typed the name and find the app, and then on a whim, I tried this. I pressed and held on the app as I would in a normal app screen to make it pop and get larger and prepare to move it to another location. The search screen went away and took me to the app's location on whatever screen it was located. I could then drag it as normal and relocated it to where I wanted it to be. This would be great if, for instance, you have your apps organized a certain way and you download a new one that you want to add to a folder of apps on your first screen. This common knowledge, and why didn't I ever try this before? <laughs> um, no, I don't think it's common knowledge. I've I've never tried it. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good tip. i I found that um, uh, the place that apps go when you download them is isn't as predictable as it used to be. Mm. Um, I always looked on the uh, the last my, my last um screen and it usually would put it there but even i had i downloaded an app recently and i couldn't find it uh i could have searched like this tip here but um here's another one that worked for me um all right if if you keep scrolling to the right eventually you're going to get to the app library right yes and um there's a recently added (laughs) bubble Uh... so so that's another way um you know your most recently added apps will uh will show up there so
0: either one will work I like it yeah i i um i guess it was 2 years ago so i might be due for this again but when the 12 mini came out uh or when the 12s came out and i got my 12 mini i decided to start fresh on my phone right uh not preemptively like not migrating stuff over and certainly not preemptively loading apps that i thought i might need right i would only load an app that uh when i when i actually was going to use it uh and that it was a good thing like it was a, an easy process it mostly painless and it it allowed me to kind of reexperience the phone interface uh as it currently was or is and one thing i found was having my own bespoke app folders and you know the endless home screens I, like I have no time for that in my life, and no need for it. I have one home screen, and the second page is the uh, app library. And I launch things by searching. I don't, I don't, you know, dig around on my phone for stuff. So when when new apps are installed, they appear nowhere for me, uh, other than in the app library. Like they don't appear on the home screen, and I, I've found that great. I mean, obviously, we're all different. We all use our phones differently, but. Uh, If you haven't started from scratch on an iPhone in many, many years, I I recommend letting yourself go through that process. I mean, don't don't like stop everything and do it right now. But the next time that opportunity presents itself, you get a new phone or you've got to, you know, you've got to wipe it for some reason. Think about just let it ride. So, yeah. Thoughts on that? That's a good idea. Yeah, I think. Richard, uh, Richard A. in the in the discord asks. he says, do you have any shortcuts on your home screen, Dave? I don't. Um, There are really on my phone. There's only one shortcut that I use regularly. And it's my nap time shortcut. The part that really bothers me, though, is that Apple installed their own shortcut called nap time and it with iOS 16. And it it's a very different shortcut than mine. And so when I tell Siri nap time, it loads apples. I tried deleting apples. It came back. Uh, I tried renaming <laughs> apples. It came back. You will nap with our you, you app. Will be <laughs> exactly. Right. And, uh, and so I had to change mine. And now I call mine catnap because because uh, it had to be something different. Like there was no way that my shortcut could be called nap time anymore. And I got no, obviously, no notification of this. But but that's the only shortcut that I use. And as you just heard, I invoke it with Siri. So uh, yeah, no, I don't have any shortcuts on my home screen. I, I I have a lot of shortcuts that happen via automation, not via like me hitting them. So yeah, I don't know. I they, 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 you're, you you're making me think about this because maybe I do need. Uh, maybe I, I would benefit from using shortcuts on my, on my home screen, but yeah, I just use them as automations. So
2: yeah, I do all my shortcuts. I think mostly through Siri. You know, yeah. What's the weather today. Yeah. Kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, next, uh, John, do you have more on that? No, no, there it is. Perfect. All right. Rennell, uh, brings us to the next quick tip. It says, uh, just listen to episode 971. In terms of spam filtering, filtering, I use a simple rule that searches for the word unsubscribe in the body of the text of the email and then moves that message to a folder called unsubscribe. When the mood takes me, I can sort through that folder quickly, deleting, unsubscribing as I like, and occasionally while listening to the show. So yeah, I like that. That's, uh, that's a good tip. I... Like, I would think you would if I were to do that and I've thought about this, like as soon as the tip came in, I thought, hmm, wait, 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 like this could this could be life changing. The only issue is if it, you know, if like if one of you guys sends me a message that has the word unsubscribe in it, well that's now a problem, right? Like, you know, so I, I might make the, why is, is Dave ghosting me? Right. Exactly. Well, he, no, there's, yeah. there's a lot of reasons for that. <laughs> uh, but, it, but like, so I, like there's a world where you could build this filter for yourself. And, and clearly for Renell, the, 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 you know, this works. I, I don't know that without having a few asterisks in the, in the filter, it would work for me. Uh, but, I like this idea. It's good.
2: I've got a question about that. Yeah.
0: So the problem with uh,
2: unsubscribing anyway, in my mind, is often you are confirming your email address is live. Right? Yes. Or is that... No, that's true.
0: I mean, to a degree, like they're going to send you the email anyway to, to, to believe that they don't already know that your email is live. I mean, unless you are bouncing messages back to them they know your email address is live.
2: Oh, okay. So is there a script or a way to bounce it back to them without replying? Right, right. Is there, a, is there a way to set your, if you, like, for instance, I rent a domain, and therefore I have a server. Yeah. Is there a way to
0: get in there and set some kind of a script that bounces to these chuckleheads? You know, there used they, to be, I'm looking in Apple Mail right now. There used to be, a way a to bounce. in Apple Mail, there was a bounce command, and it would phony up a bounce response. But no, of course it's it, gone. It well, it's gone because it it would only fool a human, not uh, a computer, and, and and by that I mean. It would also not fool a human if the human stopped and looked at the headers. And
2: read the headers.
0: Correct. Because you'd see where it came from and you'd be like, no, that's a phony bounce. Like, now I really know a human interacted with this, (laughs) right? Like, it it made it worse, not better, uh, and gave you a a false sense of of importance or security or both. Because I have several filters
2: that when they come from this domain, delete it. But I would much rather bounce and let yeah. them think I'm gone.
0: Yeah, you would that would have to be something you you did with your male host. And I like yeah, I, yeah, I, I deep, don't know of any service. Someone it, in the audience help us out. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Yeah, please. Wait, feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com? That's what hey. I said. What did Eduardo say, John?
1: Uh here's what eduardo said um just listening to mikey gab 971 in the tip of the week pilot Pete talks about a tip from listener todd about option right clicking a folder to open a new window that's great um i decided to try option and down arrow to see what happens and it opened the folder in focus just fine but i noticed they changed the size of the window i found that weird and decided to go option up arrow to go back to the folder i was before it didn't go Uh, instead it opened a new window Uh, and every time i hit option up arrow another new window opens at first i thought it was the recent folders but it's not i tried to find out where these windows come from but was unable to Um, and yeah there's um there's a reason you were unable to find it because it's um so after doing a little research here dave i found out dave and pete i found out that this is actually a shortcut introduced by default folder.
0: Ma, oh, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Very cool. And I found that out by uh, I found an article over at Stack Exchange titled "What do Option Up Arrow and Option Down Arrow do in the Finder?" And they pretty much explain it is that it's not the Finder, it's default folder.
0: Saw so- it. Uh, yeah, that's a good a good find. There's, it's not uncommon. For you know i mean i I run into it myself, but of course, I don't notice it right away because i'm i get I get lost like like we all do, but for someone to ask me a question like, why does the app switcher look totally different and And when I hit this key, like it doesn't work right, I'm like, well, that's not the app switcher, that's like keyboard maestro's app switcher or something like we have these third party apps that we rely on for the things we rely on them for. And it's easy for us to forget that they do other things, too, (laughs) that we might sometimes run into and cause some inconsistencies if we're not aware of, of, you know, of of what's going on. So, yeah, third party apps, they're they're, like, they're great. I couldn't live without default folder or keyboard maestro, but they do make changes to your system that especially when you're on a different system can be uh, a little, you know, a little disconcerting if you would. So, yeah. Cool. Do you use default folder too, Pete? Is that one that we all use? Pete's muted, but that's okay. I'm sure we'll hear him eventually.
2: I, I knew it. I knew that. I was seeing if you would notice. I was <laughs> shouting really loud, <laughs> all the way from Germany. Yeah, I was gonna say Germany
0: um, to Vegas. It doesn't really yeah. doesn't work.
2: Is it, well, sound travels slow. It'll take a while to get there. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. But I need I need to look into that. That that sounds. Uh, like quite
0: a handle utility. Oh yeah, no. Default folder is great. It it I will say this. I started using it, you know, maybe a decade ago, maybe more. Um it was very necessary then because there was no utility in open and save dialogues uh to jump to a favorite folder or something like that. Like you had to manually navigate every single time. And and that for me is sort of the killer app of default folder. It's it's basically its primary purpose is is that. Um, now that Apple, and this has been there for a long time, once Apple added uh, the Finder favorites that also then now appear in open and save dialogues, uh, you know, on the left-hand side, you can see your your desktop and your documents and any other favorites, they just naturally are there. That makes default folder... Per, less necessary. I but because I had started using it and it's in my workflow and in my fingers, uh I I keep it. One nice thing is I can set a default folder for a given app. So uh and hence its name, right? So uh it it works, you know, it adds to that functionality, but it's it's I I I will say that it's not John Gotell be um Unhappy to hear me say this, but it's not quite as he, I'm sure he knows this. It's not quite as mandatory to have default folder as it once was, but I still put it on all my Macs because I like the way it does things better than the, the finder. So, right. All right. Uh, one last quick tip, I believe, from uh, also from PC Unix in our Discord. It says, uh, listening to the nine to five Mac happy hour podcast, uh, he says, uh, I learned. That if you power off your watch o s nine watch, it doesn't really power off it's actually in power reserve mode, and a three second hold of the crown will display the time cool and handy so that uh so that it, it because it's you know works on any watch running watch os nine that that will go a few models back so yeah it, it, interesting that it's not off i I wonder. I wonder if that's, I wonder what the, the, the driving reason for that is. Is it for, for this little utility to have the, the ability to see the time or is it for find my, it, you know, uh, um,
2: that's my conjecture. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I bet it's find my,
2: I bet that's yeah, the reason. It's great. I mean, you know, I, and I wonder how far off the phone is too, right? Because it's findable after it's off. That's an option now. Uh, right?
0: The phone is also findable after it's off. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it, but Richard A. Be in just the chat. location. R- no, I think the phone is findable, but Richard A. in the chat okay. shares a, uh, a, a a a good question. He says, "Is the watch part of Find My? It might not be." I'm pulling up Find My on my phone, which I just cannot do it. Doesn't want to let me type the word "find" correctly. I
2: can't do it because if my phone is my camera right now. Yeah, but I am certain.
0: Oh yeah my my watch well, is uh, my watch is there in find my for sure. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay okay. And that's that's a Series Five watch that's there in find my so yeah yeah.
1: So uh, what you're telling me? Yes, I wanted to look for this, but if you go to Settings General,
0: where on what a device down? On the watch, okay, yeah,
1: okay settings general there's a shutdown button. are you telling me that doesn't really shut down
0: that, that's exactly right, yeah, and you can also oh, shut down the right. watch by holding the the crown in, I think, and then you just like on the phone, you mm-hmm. get a little slide over to to power off, yeah, power it off and it won't it won't stay powered off um I had an interesting experience with find my that uh that happened on Tuesday when I was flying to vegas i uh because i'm going to be away for a while i'm going to be uh, i'm obviously here for podcast movement that's why i'm here in vegas is for podcast movement uh evolutions and then uh, uh next week i'm in austin for south by southwest so there was no point in flying all the way back to new hampshire only to turn around you know 48 hours later and fly back to uh to austin halfway across the country Pete would do something like that. Uh, I would not. I roll. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I chose not to park my car at the airport. I had Lisa drop me off at the bus terminal locally, and and there's a great, easy bus that takes me to the airport. Great. Uh, So I'm on the bus. The bus has Wi Fi, it's about an hour ride. I am like knee deep in what I'm doing. I got a ton of work done on the bus. It was like super productive ride. I was almost like, dang it, we're at the airport already? Crap. You know, I got to like, I was in a flow state, right? So I pack up my stuff, yeah. uh, obviously, it's fine. You know, pack it up and, uh, and, and I get off the bus at Terminal B2 and I go through security and thankfully, I, I mean, I checked my bag because I brought a lot of crap with me because we're doing the show and all this stuff and, uh, and then I went through security. And thankfully, I have both clear and pre check and they and they 're integral parts of this story because without them i don 't think I would have been able to do what what i 'm about to tell you that I did uh, It was about forty five minutes to my flight no about an hour to my flight, but uh I was on Southwest Airlines, so I needed to be there when boarding started so that I could get my seat so this is all relevant uh. So I go through clear and pre-check, nobody in front of me, which is great. You feel like, an, uh, you know, a diplomat or something going through. It's awesome. Uh, and as I get to the other side, oh, my, my phone, I got like randomly selected for the, we need to swab your phone, you know, and a guy asked, phone your iPad. I'm like, well, here's my phone. Like, it's fine, you know. So he swabs my phone. And he says, I'm not a criminal today, gives it back to me. And I'm rearranging my bag and I realize, where's my iPad? Uh-oh. Yep. And so I, I like dig around in my bag for it for a minute and then realize it's okay. It's not here. Pull up, find my, and I can see. It's on your favorite bus. It riding is on around the airport. favorite bus. <laughs> and it has not, it has left the terminal, but the bus yeah. is sitting in one spot. So immediately I call the, uh, the bus line and they're like, yep, we'll, uh, l- l- let's see where, you know, let me call the driver and see if he has it. If he has it, He will be back. He's going to be sitting in the cell phone lot for, you know, about a half hour. And then he's going to come back through to do the pickups, you know, for for the people that are going back to uh, the airport. And so he'll be at Terminal A um, five minutes before my flight starts to board. I'm like, okay, fine. So I pull up, find my and I look and I'm waiting. This is I'm waiting for the phone call back from the bus company. And I look and I can see that it's it's stable and where it is. And I, I It's look. like
2: fifty yards at Logan Airport, isn't it? It's uh, out the door to the left from there, fifty yards.
0: It yeah, but I didn't know if I could walk it. Like I, I didn't know oh, if I would hit oh, okay. a brick wall trying to walk yeah. from the terminal to a, a parking lot that's not at the terminal, right? And right. so yeah. Uh, so it was like all right what does it say it's going to take me to walk this seven minutes from terminal a like all right i gotta get to terminal a which i can easily do from terminal b at logan and i just start walking right i'm like i gotta make this like, like so i leave the secure area i walk i get to the i finally i had to like cross the street i probably wasn't supposed to cross but whatever uh i made it there it was fine there were no brick walls i made it there i knock on the bus and the bus driver says And they had called me while I was walking and said, yes, he's got it. He's going to bring it to you, you know, at, at, at whatever, 12, 10 p.m. or something like, OK, great. I didn't tell them I was walking because uh, I, you know, I, I didn't know if I'd make it. And so I made it. Knock on the bus. The guy's like, can I help you? And I'm like, yeah. Can I have my iPad? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you found me. He's like, that, did they tell you where I was? I'm like, no, my iPad told me where you were. <laughs> and the best part was I Perfect. was like, this, this is great. Thank you. And I'm like, I'm gonna make it back in time. He's like, "What time's your thing?" And I told him. And he's like, "Why don't I just give you a ride?" He's like, "I gotta go back there in like ten minutes anyway." He says, "I'll just be early. I'll you know I'll wait for my passengers and take you around." So he didn't just take me to Terminal A. He took me all straight to Terminal B and then did another loop of the airport to get himself back to Terminal A, which was amazing. Obviously, oh that him, was cool. I gave Very him nice. twenty bucks for that. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah,
2: yeah. But yeah, he so, found your iPad and he. Uh...
0: Oh. And gave you a ride? Gave that's me a nice r- tip. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was it um, it was it was an experience. So, you know. We so that had-
2: brings me to a question that's inter- that is interesting. I, I used to get notifications when my daughter would drive me or something that said, hey, you got an air tag following you. Sure. But she's right there with her keys or whatever. I'm wondering why you don't get a, this is a technical term now, a crap ton of notifications when you're on the bus. Because you know there's other air tags on the bus.
0: So you shouldn't I be getting if it's with them. your
2: device. If, if it's with
0: your device, it won't notify someone else. I don't know. If you're, it, right. If you have whatever your, you can set, and it's somewhere in iPhone settings that I'm not going to try and get to right now because okay, it'll, sure. it'll distract me. But I think it's in Find My on your iPhone. Uh, you can choose which device is the one that determines you, like your position on the planet, right? Yeah. And yeah. If you are in theory, and this may not be the case with with your daughter, but maybe it is. Maybe if she leave if she left her phone at home, but had her keys with her, which had an air tag, which Hush is hard to mouth. believe. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, as I'm saying this, I know that this is an impossibility. <laughs> It is possible that, like, maybe her iPad is set to be her, you yeah, know, this okay. is my yeah. my human being device kind of thing. I don't know. But I, I also yeah. think that that would be incorrect. Like,
2: most. And that was also a year ago or more, uh, a couple years ago. So, yeah, right? Okay. You know, that's changed over time. What, yeah, right. What sets right. that off? They've changed the security. Yes. But I was yes. just curious why we weren't getting all these notes because you know there's a ton of air tags on the bus
0: oh absolutely yeah i mean i had i had no less than three air tags with me the one in my backpack and the one in uh each of my bags so yeah yeah Yeah, for sure Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah fascinating stuff Hey, that means I get to tell you about our sponsor, Factor. You can power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready to eat meal kit. With Factor, you get nutritious, chef prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you both time and energy to tackle everything on your to do list. Too busy to cook? That's great. With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and also skip the chopping, the prepping and the cleaning up, too, because Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. I've tried these meals. They're fantastic. Our family's used them. It's great when you're you know, you've got a busy day and you get stuff to do. The meals are delicious. Super flavor-packed. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied and happy. And there's 34 uh, weekly options that are both chef-prepared and dietitian approved So there's always something new to try. And you can enjoy meals for any time of day with breakfast options like egg bites, smoothies, and more. It's a great way to cut back on takeout. With Factor you can enjoy clean eating without the hassle. You just choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered straight to your door, truly ready in just 2 minutes. So, head to factormeals.com/mgg50 and use code MGG50 to get 50% off your first box. We'll put this in the show notes at mackeep.com so you've got all the instructions. But that's code MGG50. MGG50 at Factormeals.com slash MGG50 to get 50% off your first box. And our thanks to Factor for sponsoring this episode. Next up is our sponsor, Collide, and they've got some big news. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How? Well, if a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they've fixed the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Unsecured devices are then logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. And it does all this with Slack, too, so that you can really engage the user and educate them. And it's fantastic. And then, of course, if they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Visit collide.com MGG to learn more or book a demo. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com M-G-G. And our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. You know, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh baked bread coming out of the oven, is there? What if I told you you could get all of the delicious with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can with our sponsor, Wild Grain. Wild Grain is a first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas and artisanal pastries. And unlike typical supermarket bread, Wild Grain uses a slow fermentation process that's easier on your belly, lower in sugar and rich in nutrients and antioxidants. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. It's true. Heat up the oven. You take the thing out of the uh, out of the freezer. Put it in the oven. 25 minutes or less. So some of the things we've done are like 20 minutes. You're good to go. And the house smells delicious. You'll never run the risk of getting bored with Wild Grain because they're constantly adding new, seasonal, and limited-time special items to try. All you have to do is sign up at wildgrain.com and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. It's easy to reschedule, skip, or cancel. We've been using this. It is delicious and simple. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to Wild wildgrain.com slash MGG to start your subscription. You heard me free sons in every box and $30 off your first box. When you go to wildgrain.com slash MGG, check it out. That's wildgrain.com slash MGG, or you can use promo code MGG at checkout and our thanks to Wildgrain for sponsoring this episode. All right, John, how, uh, how about bill?
1: Let's go to bill. Um, Bill says, um, hold on. Uh, I went to forward an email with attachments today on my iMac and Apple's mail stripped out the attachments. Hmm. I I tried multiple emails multiple times and honestly tried to forward emails from my MacBook Air. Nothing. I rebooted the Air, but still nothing. Both are running macOS 13.2.1. I can successfully forward these emails with attachments on my iPhone and iPad that also use latest OS. I've looked for a setting on the Macs that impact this behavior, but I can't find one. Uh, Spoiler, I did. Um, Are you experiencing this behavior? Did I miss a setting? Um, This is new behavior I I didn't have a problem with before. It isn't working with a message with a single attachment. So it's not the attachment size that's the problem. And again, it works in iOS and iPadOS. Um, All right, so let... Here's the answer, Dave. Yes, sir. I think. Um, All right, here we go. Um, So I've run into this before, Dave. Um, And I think updating the OS, which often upgrades mail, uh, some settings may have gotten scrambled. The best place to look to solve this one, Dave, is in mail, edit, include attachments with replies. Um, And there are various settings there. Um, mine is set to always, um, but I bet his wasn't, <laughs> uh, and while looking into this, I found one of my settings was off Dave. Okay. Um, so bonus tip: um, edit attachments, uh, had the always insert attachment attachments at end of message checked. Oh. Which bothers me because when I was replying, you you may have seen some emails that I replied to, some questions I replied to, my attachment was always at the end. And I'm like,
0: no, no, put it, put put it, it in line. To put it. Yeah,
1: right. Right. So that's that
0: setting. I didn't even know that setting existed. There have been times <laughs> when I want to do that with a specific message because I know that the recipient like if if, if there's been problems with it or whatever, like I want to send just essentially plain text with an attachment and th- that's kind of what what that would like open the door for me to be able to do. I yeah, these are interesting settings. I I knew about the the first one you mentioned, the include attachments with replies, but looking at that, I believe that's gotten more granular than the last time I saw it because mm-hmm. there is a there's always never ask and when adding recipients. And what a smart little option that is. So don't bother including attachments if I'm just replying to the person that sent them to me in the first place. There's no reason for us to bounce this file back and forth. Or maybe there is. But, like, you're saying that, no. But as soon as you add a new person to the chain, well, they should get the attachment. So, yes, make that happen kind of automatically. That's – I like it. It's
1: good. Yeah, and he found a couple of others you can tweak it. Uh, There's an ask
0: setting. Okay,
1: yep. So it'll ask you if you want to uh, attach. And then, yeah, as you pointed out, when adding recipients. um, I like it. uh, Sounds good. So. Cool. Here we go, Bill.
0: All right. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, John. Let's, uh, Let's go to Stephen here. And Stephen asks us about calendars. He says, I'd like to create a calendar to my golf league. Uh, on its website so that, that people can subscribe to it, similar to what we do with dot com slash calendar. I'm a little confused about ICS files and Apple's iCalendar. What I've read is that, or calendar, as we call it now, what I've read is that calendar or iCalendar is an Apple format and people that are not Apple users have to purchase iCloud.com access. That's not entirely correct. And that's good news. Uh, Steven asks, Steve asks, is there a way to create a calendar That anyone can access for free. I've looked at the calendar app on my Mac and it seems pretty straightforward, but I don't know how it works on cross platforms. Your guidance would be appreciated. Yeah. So, yes, uh, you can do exactly what we do with Mac GeekGab here. Uh, And I say that with an asterisk. We there was a weird problem with the calendar server that we're on. So we had to do some extra caching to make sure you folks can can get stuff. But I don't think that's going to be a problem for you, Steve. So uh, create. It, it, the, to share a calendar, the first thing to do is to create the calendar on your Mac. Then, uh, and you can do this uh, this next step on your Mac or you can do it at iCloud. Um, I don't use Apple's calendar app, so I'll give you the instructions for iCloud, but it's very similar. So go to iCloud.com slash calendar where you see the web calendar. You're going to click on the little, it looks like a radio icon or maybe, you know, Wi-Fi bars or something like that to the right of the calendar that you want to share. And then you have two options uh, or two checkboxes. One is for private calendar, and that would be uh, where you have to invite iCloud users to be able to edit the calendar. But the second box is to create a public calendar. And once you do that, then you can copy the link to that calendar, and that link will direct anyone with any calendar app to subscribe to your calendar. And so that's, that's what we do with, with Mac Geekab is exactly that is we just grab that link. We, again, we redirect it through a little cache that, uh, that Lucas built for us, but otherwise it, you know, it just, it just works. Yeah. So, and, and I don't think you'll need, need to use the cache. I bring it up only because we talked about it on the show recently and I didn't want people to think we had changed anything, but, but for you and for anybody else, it, don't you, you're not going to need the cash. And if you do ask us, I'll, I'll share the PHP code with you. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it it's great um, to be able to, to do that. And then you, then you just take that link that you grab from Apple's website uh, for the public calendar and just link that from your website. Just make a hyperlink to that. And that's it. You don't have to host the calendar. You don't have to do anything. Just say, if you want to subscribe, the calendar is available here and, you know, make the available here, the, the click, the clickable link to that and technology should take care of the rest, no matter what calendar software people use. So. Do you use Pete, do you use Apple's calendars like for shareable stuff with, with any of the organizations you're part of or anything like that?
2: No, I actually, no, I use um, busy Cal is my main app, Yeah, um, uh, which is available in set I So I, I use that, I, but I actually use calendar formerly iCal. Yep. Uh, I, I do use calendar for um, when my when I get my schedule at the end of the month, and and it comes out. I can export it to a calendar. Well, I can only export it to Apple's calendar, and then BusyCal goes and grabs it. No, so Pete, that's
0: can, the only reason I use it for. You can skip. But, you can skip Apple's calendar on that because I I, I do this because okay. you're probably getting a .ics file downloaded right for with your schedule.
2: It, it just exports it automatically to the calendar. There's no, nothing. It just shows up. Yeah. When I say export to iCal or to yeah.
0: Cal. Yeah, right. Like, okay. okay, yeah, it's one yeah. of those links. I it. think
2: you're right. I'm, I'm sure there's a, yeah. it's doing it by a link, but so I never get to see it to What you want to do is
0: go find an ICS file that you have downloaded. Yeah. Uh, and right click on it or, or click on it and right. choose file, get info and change right. the app that it opens in from calendar to busy. So, cal, yeah, gotcha, and then, yeah. And then, and then click makes, and then click change all so that it does it for all future ones. Makes Perfect. Yeah. Makes perfect sense right? to do that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a, Yeah. It's just a file type.
0: It's just a file type thing. Correct. It's the, the, yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. telling word okay. documents to open in pages versus word. It, that trick works, you know, with any kind, any okay. file. And if you have multiple apps, that are capable of opening that type of file, and apps will register with the system and say, "Like I can take these types of files." So in that right. list, you probably won't see anything other than calendar and busy Cal would be my guess. I right. I don't know. Right. Yeah, and I don't so. Know what you got installed. And yeah.
2: right. And along those lines, I have kind of a kind of a quick tip, and then a, maybe a, a, another avenue along calendar lines. The quick tip is. We have calendars for everybody in the family to include the dog. So she gets her heartworm medicine and that kind of stuff. Smart. But it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, we get the reminders through there. and the dog's got a vet appointment, whatever. The kids have a vet appointment.
0: <laughs> you know,
2: then uh, they're animals.
0: I tell you, they're animals. Uh Oh, did we lose you, Pete? I think we lost Pete again. Man, he teed that tip up perfectly. And then somebody in Germany decided uh, to uh, close the intertubes. And so we aren't going to get Pete's calendar tip right now. I don't think, John, we will. Pr- we promise that Pete's pal- calendar tip will come back either this episode or in a future episode, <laughs> depending on, uh, well, I would say the Germans. For now, though, John, you want to take us to Brian? Uh, sure. Great. Uh, Brian says... I'm leaving on a trip to Antarctica,
1: and internet access will be minimal for several weeks. We can pay for Wi-Fi on the boat, but it's very slow and very expensive. Data is sold by the hundreds of megabytes. No, not gigabytes. (laughs) I'd like to be able to stay in contact with just messages. Is there a way to limit the data coming across Wi-Fi? I've been searching for ways to limit data, but the only options seem to be around limiting cellular data ideally i'd like to have just messages or whatsapp getting data and i'd like to stop any pictures from coming through um similar to the data we often get for free on airlines uh i've got private internet access but i don't see any options by how to limit the data coming through the vpn would love to hear your thoughts i'm told there are some options on android but i can't find anything for ios <clears throat> excuse me um i found something for ios dave um I thought low data mode was only for cellular, as as um, he did, but apparently you can set up your Wi-Fi connection to also be in low data mode. Yep. Yep. So I think that's the best you're going to do on iOS. Um I think that's yeah, I right. Surprised. You can't
0: get granular. Like with, with a cellular right. connection, you can say only allow these apps or don't allow those apps. Like you, you can do it on mm. an app-by-app basis and say, yeah, this app will never have access to cellular. You can't do that on Wi-Fi. You're right that the best you can do on an iPhone is just turn on low data mode sort of generically for the connection. But that really will keep – I I, I would do two things. So – Now that I'm thinking about it, I would definitely do the low data mode thing. I would also put and keep your phone in uh, low battery mode uh, because – what's it called? Low power mode. Thank you. I I knew it. I I knew it when it came out that it wasn't correct, (laughs) but I couldn't think of what it actually was. Um, I would put the phone in, in low power mode too because part of low power mode is that it doesn't go and do all that background fetching. Uh, of of data in order to save power and and i say all it's it's most and but it will do it while you're charging so if you really want to be aggressive about this i would only turn on wi-fi when you want to do something on wi-fi and at, at the very least i would turn off wi-fi while you're charging because low the low power mode restrictions don't apply while you're charging. The low data mode restrictions do apply while you're charging, but low power mode restrictions do not. So that would be um I that, that's just, you know, if you really want to kind of ride herd over it, uh, I would I would, you know, be aggressive about when you turn on Wi-Fi so that you're not burning up those those valuable 100 megabyte chunks. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember
1: um I'll have to dig up the article, but on Mac OS, last I recall, you could do some incantation with ifconfig to limit the bandwidth. Um, yes. Of well, whatever pipe, but I don't think you can do that on uh,
0: yeah on that, iOS. That would only limit the the um, the speed of the pipe, not the amount of bandwidth allowed through it i mean it, it's a function of time at that point right the longer you leave it it will you could download a, a terabyte of data and if you cut it to half the connection it'll just take twice as long but you'll still burn a terabyte of data right right so but the the mac also has low data mode for wi-fi connections if memory serves me and i'm i'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's there uh let me look hopefully I'm, it I, does it does i'm right? sure it does yeah okay uh, i'm yeah. pretty sure that it did yeah, low data. I can see it right there. I'm not going to turn it, it on for the yeah. connection I'm on right now.
2: Uh, for for obviously. Well, I'm reasons. back from the ultimate low data mode. You might call it the no data mode, <laughs> which is why I left. <laughs> yeah, we we figured Pete.
0: So, Pete, yeah, do you yeah. do you have a minute? I was just going. Would you you got yeah. I mean, you you teed that up perfectly and you're you dropped off like the moment you were going to share the punchline. So, you uh you had some you have calendars for everybody including the dog everybody
2: yep. in, including the dog when the kids have vet, vet appointments cuz they're animals i tell you I t- and, yeah uh,
0: we heard that and, part yeah, yep. yeah. no okay. we, we got we got there so i'm trying to,
2: well and that was it is that everybody's got it so that was my kind of quick tip and then oh. but the other thing was i think and i could be wrong to circle back to a previous topic but um for he he mentioned wanting to host that calendar on his site and I, is it google calendar you can embed a calendar into your website. Can you not do through a frame? Isn't there like an iframe or uh-huh. there might I don't know of
0: this, but that I mean there's a I lot of things I don't know I about. Poking, yeah.
2: yeah. Last time I was poking around in Google Calendars, there was a way to embed it mm. into your site and host host a Google Calendar appearing on your site.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't
2: I, send someone off site to go get it.
0: Right, right. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. That, it, as you say it, that makes sense.
2: Yes. So yeah. using yeah. the CalDAV protocol, is that
0: it? Well, I mean, no. pro- you're probably not, but maybe, okay. I mean, I don't know. Okay. I don't know well, the mechanism. I'm
2: going, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going into uh, territory about which I do not know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, it seems realistic that, that someone would have built that functionality for Google calendar. So you would need to publish to, you know, put your data on Google calendar and then sure. do whatever that embed is. I, yeah. Makes that makes sense. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, shall we, uh, shall we go to uh, Steven here, John? Sure. Okay.
1: Um. Steven says, uh, I've been having two windows pop up every couple of minutes on my Mac mini 2018 that I cannot get rid of, uh, see so a scrap attached screenshot. And basically what he's getting are two dialogues that prompt for a username and password. Okay. Um, Hmm. Wonder what that could be. Um, and then he says, I have two time capsules, um, that I can access with passwords that doesn't, uh, work for at least pop up windows. Um, I've also tried my Synology NAS name and password with no success. Can you give me advice? And before I could give him advice, he said, I was able to fix my problem. Somehow, and I didn't know this was part of the equation, AutoMounter was trying to connect to Steven's time capsule 20.local rather than DS 1918 NAS, which is his Synology.
0: Uh, that makes so, sense. Okay.
1: <clears throat> so the problem was, and so I'm like, oh, what's AutoMounter? So AutoMounter is a tiny little program that I guess is very persistent, as we saw demonstrated here um, in mounting network drives.
0: Yeah, we've um, mentioned AutoMounter one- a few times on the show. It, it, it's it been cool stuff found, uh, I think, at least once, but also just part of the solution to keeping a, a a network drive mounted all the time because they they don't like to stay mounted after say return from sleep or you know things like that so yeah auto mounter can be
1: great yeah i've had that happen more often yeah. as of late yeah and that a network drive that i had mounted uh, you know, I put my machine to sleep overnight, and then when I fire it up, sometimes it's still connected, and sometimes it's still not. That's right. There's no rhyme or reason to yep. it. Yeah. So I'm wondering in this case, though, if AutoMounter is using its own database, or if he had looked through Keychain
0: Access, he could have seen
1: this. Um,
0: well, the problem I think the problem was that the error message wasn't clear. Like it wasn't telling right. him what what login it needed. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, good stuff. I like it.
1: Yeah, but I wonder if it would have been, because I I looked in my keychain, and there is a uh, login passwords uh, category, and then it'll list network passwords. So I wonder if he had looked there, if that would have also
0: Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, because I looked in mine, and
1: actually I had, like, two entries for one of my NASs, and one was, like... uh, Ten or fifteen years
0: old, oh! But he yeah. used the he oh. used the newer one. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that was nice.
0: Yep. All right. Uh, Allison has a follow up from episode nine seventy when I was talking about turning off auto capitalization, which, as mentioned, I did not last for me. Allison says the way I deal with iOS uh, making the first letter of Uh, things capitalized, like when you're typing HTTP or HTTPS, she says, if you type a character and it's capitalized when you don't want it to be hit delete once, and then look down at the iOS keyboard, the caps key will be black, hit the caps key once, and it stops being black, AKA stops being active. Now type whatever you want the first letter and it won't be capitalized. So describing it more quickly, she says, just toggle the caps key to disable caps for the character and retype. So that's interesting. So I probably have done this without even realizing it because all of these things took become so habitual, but uh, when it decides to auto capitalize the keyboard reflects that that's going to happen and you can, you can override it essentially. So maybe this would be the real trick is, you know, you, you type a sentence, you hit period, you hit space or whatever. And it now knows, okay, this should be capitalized before you even type the next character. Go and disable caps lock, like, or caps. I
2: don't know. There's still virtually no way to type the letter by itself without it being capitalized. I mean, you, you, you can do it, but you really have to fight the fight. Yeah. In order
0: to do it, I don't know yeah. if it was my connection or yours so I'm just going to clarify oh. that was the letter i. No, you 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 Correct. The, yeah. I heard a glitch right at that letter but I knew where you were going with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Um you know, let, let's have this conversation here. We have um we've been talking about this whole low memory error message that happens on macOS. we talked a little bit about it this week john you've got a thing from simon here uh I, we got a note from allison about it too uh i, I would love to get to the bottom of this but let, let's 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 share go ahead and share simon's and and we'll have a little bit of a conversation about this john so yes uh
1: simon got this dialogue that we're hearing about more and more often so simon's I'm sorry, oh. I'm punchy guys No,
0: nope, we get it Pete, you're all good
1: <laughs> And here's the dialogue That comes up, it says your system has run Out of application memory uh, To avoid problems with your computer Quit any applications you are not using And then it shows a list of Currently running applications And Alright, here's a whopper um, Acrobat is taking up 11.62 gigabytes That's a that lot That seems a bit excessive <laughs> Yep that's adobe yeah so um yeah i don't think you need that much memory to run acrobat um i'm wondering uh, i mean reinstall the app
0: well i mean i don't know if
1: i don't know if he has the latest Then maybe it's having you know problems with translating an older
0: app i don't know Oh, okay. Like like dealing with a, a Rosetta style thing or right, issue. Right, right. Oh, yeah. That was just what my gut tells me. Yeah, I. <laughs> I that's interesting. You may be right. My, my first thought was he had opened, you know, 14 PDFs in Acrobat and either not closed them or even if he had mm-hmm. closed them, Acrobat was still sort of caching resources from them. Uh, and so just quitting and relaunching Acrobat, much like quitting and relaunching a web browser – it will solve a similar issue because web browsers are just known for you know leaking memory like crazy. I, I have to have Safari quit once a day on my computer, otherwise things get um, things get weird. So, yeah that that would be my thought. Was now there? Go uh, ahead. Another
1: thought is Onyx. Um, if I remember correctly, and. Um, Maybe start it up and look. But um, I'm pretty sure there's an application cache category that okay. something may be stuck there. Yeah. There are a bunch of caches in um, that, that Onyx can clean up. And uh, so that's an, another thought is it's just confused. So get rid of that cache data.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, interesting. I mean, it, it, you know, this one from Simon... I, is probably a correct error message in that, you know, Acrobat was taking up a gobs of memory and and needs to release that memory in order for the system to have what it needs to do. The sort of larger issue where you were, you know, we answered a question last week and your comment, John, was, you know, the about your just your system has run out of memory without any specifics, like Simon is mentioning here. And and your comment was, you know, that the error message lies um it is I I don't like I think that that is probably correct in that the error message's language is inaccurate. Um because we're we're seeing this more and more when you 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 still have plenty of memory you found it you had an issue John right where you were out of storage space on your device right so like Clearly that message is coming up. I I'd I'd like to just dig into this and, and see if we can figure out what that message is trying to tell us. Uh, Because again, the words on it are wrong. Uh, Clearly you've had a scenario where you saw that message and what it was telling you was, I have run out of space to swap to on the disc. So that is a form of running out of memory, right? Because if if it does, if, if your computer doesn't, if, what you're running needs more than the physical RAM on your computer. It will page out to disc. Most of the time in your case, it couldn't page out to disc. So that's what it was telling you. But we've heard plenty of reports of people getting the, your system is out of memory message when they've got, you know, terabytes free on their, on their boot drive. They've got, um, you know, plenty of RAM available for the app. So, there's something more that it's tr- something that triggers this message. And I think, again, the the, the language on the message is, is misleading or inaccurate, but I think it means something. I don't think it's just coming up for no reason. I just want to figure out the reason. And so I, this is I don't know it yet. The more data we can sort of collect on this. So send in your stuff. If you are seeing this message, I'd love to know sort of what led up to it and I don't know what questions to ask yet, but I know some of them. So the, the obvious ones would be what we've already discussed. The, the, uh, space on your hard drive and also what activity monitor says about like memory usage and memory pressure. That would be helpful. Uh, the other one would be how long has it been since you rebooted your Mac? I'm, I'm curious to see if that's part of, uh, the equation here. I know in theory, you shouldn't have to reboot your computer on a regular basis, uh, I also know in practice that my Macs are way more stable if I reboot them once a week. So I reboot them once a week and I've never seen this message. That could just be an anecdote. The, the, you know, the plural of anecdote is not data, but we do want to get anecdotal reports. So please send them in feedback at Mackeygub.com. Uh, I know that we are getting them and processing them, even if we don't necessarily talk about this for a couple of weeks while we're just collecting. Uh, but yeah, Pete, you have, you have a thought on this.
2: Yeah, Well, you yeah, looking in the chat room, Dave, on the uh, Mac Geek Discord. Yeah, uh, the SMB Richard A says SMB is still broken in Ventura for me, a known issue apparently, if relevant. And there's apparently a specific setting in Acrobat to an a- to enable uh, native OS mode. Ah. And then he puts a link in there okay. for, uh, for that. And then uh, Tennessee Papa says, I found that SMB failure is somehow related to have uh, time machine drives showing up as shared. And once I took those drives off shared, it worked for him. So
0: I, I think I, I want to make that, sure we're that, not. That's con- a separate issue, I y- think. Yeah, yeah, I don't think this SMB yeah. failure, I mean, it I, I don't think yeah. it's related to, to this issue, but it, it's an issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was I was
2: thinking the uh, Mac to Mac. I mean, okay, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I that yeah, that's a separate issue. Okay, I was reading it as uh, yeah. Again, I'm tired. Sorry. No, it's not, you're all good. <laughs> you're, I was you're... reading this the memory thing, but yeah, no SMB is a uh, a protocol there. For, yeah, 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 for, yeah, for file for sharing. Drives, for yeah, the, yeah.
0: But yeah. but so. the, the specific setting in Acrobat to enable enable native OS mode that would be important for that's, Mac. That's
2: that's what drew me into the
0: yeah, no, it makes sense. You
2: suckered I, me in Richard A. <laughs> I I will
0: put I will put a link in the show notes to that article about that specific yeah. issue with Acrobat. Again, I think what, what Simon had is is a legitimate issue with a correct error message. Um right. but it does bring up this discussion and, and I that I want to keep having. So I I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. So yeah. Yeah. All right, where are we on time here? Oh, I think it's time. It's time to go to the old cool stuff found bucket because we've got some fun things there for sure. The first one comes from Porthos John in our, uh, I believe in our Discord, and I'm, I'm vamping here so that I can find it. Yeah, he says, uh, I am obsessed with this new screenshot app called shotter, right. He says it, he doesn't know if it's new. It's new to him. S H O T T R. Some of the best features. You can set a default screenshot folder so that you keep your desktop clean. You can set hotkeys for screenshots like native Mac OS, including a direct screenshot, the active window. I can see that being super handy. Uh, it says, if you take yeah. an area screenshot, you can assign a hotkey to repeat the same area man when we were doing uh like keynote coverage at mac observer a lot of times i would grab screenshots from the the stream on my you know on my computer and making sure the little floating window is in exactly the right spot. This would have solved that. I like this. Oh, and then, yeah.
2: And how many times have you tried to get the screenshot, and then the, the one thing you're looking for times out and goes away before you're able to do it?
0: So my trick yeah. for that with the Apple events, Pete, yeah. was I would have um, – I'd, I'd sit and watch it on my Apple TV, and then on my computer, I would press play at the same time,
2: but – Sorry, Dave is having a USB problem with his microphone. He's working furiously to get back. Dave, Hmm. reboot your 300 baud modem. He can hear us. That's the interesting thing.
0: I think I've got it back. Oh, you're back. You're back. Yeah. I don't know what caused this problem, which means I don't know if it will come back. But thank you for bearing with me. The way that I would do those screenshots is I would get my Apple TV going. I would get my computer going on the same mm-hmm. video, but then I would pause my computer and resume it 10 seconds later. So I would there see it go. on TV and then it'd be like, all right, I know exactly when to hit the, the screenshot button to get that one screenshot to, you know, like we would use them here. It's and, the, old mean, uh, well, it the old broadcast, uh, well, delay. it, so it's the old broadcast tape delay.
2: So someone exactly. couldn't get in there and start swearing at you. Correct. Yeah. they'd the <laughs> have it go out over the air. George
0: Carlin induced uh, tape delay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, but the, uh, the, the interesting part, I was going to go somewhere with this. I have no, idea, I have no idea where it was going to go. I can barely. Well, I was speak.
2: just saying, it, well, I, I don't know if it'll jog your memory. I was saying it was always frustrating. You're trying to do the screenshot. We're talking about shotter. Yeah. And so you can do a keystroke and have it, have it grab yeah. what you want, when you want, not while you're trying to do a keystroke and use your trackpad And then the, what you get times out and goes away before you get there. Yeah yeah so yeah. craziness
0: craziness so, all right um all right. i think i'm back here i think there's probably a power issue because it seems like when i took so i have my i have this EasyQuest uh dongle which it's entirely possible has just begun malfunctioning but i, I but I, who knows uh to convert from c on my mac to a of course uh mm-hmm. for my microphone and as you heard pete Like, the whole dongle was disconnecting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, And, of course, that meant the microphone would disconnect. And so uh, after you highlighted the fact that power was part of it, I unplugged power from the dongle because I had power going through the dongle to my computer. And that seemed to calm it down. But I will say that it has been like this for days here without issue. Of course, so it only uh, has happened with when we're it's recording. Murphy's law. It's, it's Murphy. Yeah. Awesome. You know. I have Murphy on my favorites list. We used to say I have yeah. Murphy on speed dial. Nobody knows what that means anymore. Right. Uh, we still have everything some time speed here. dial. <laughs> everything speed dial. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's, you know, it's interesting. I will, I will troubleshoot this more after we finish recording and see, but John, you want to take us to, uh, to the next uh, cool stuff found from Jason.
1: Um, I guess, though, I don't know. I don't know if I understand totally what this is, but... All right. (laughs) Anyways, from Jason. um, Did you know that 1Password 8 for iOS can now be set as the default app for opening two factory URLs and QR codes? Uh, Open with 1Password and select the login to have the one-time password attached automatically. Amazing.
0: Um, I yeah, so...
1: Uh, But then he sent in a screenshot, which... um, I decided to look on my system as well, so it's um,
0: passwords and then password options. S- settings. Uh, this is on your settings. iPhone. Go to settings, passwords, and then you got to wait a second for it to populate, and then password options. Yes yeah and he has
1: checked iCloud and one password, and then there's a whole bunch of other ones. and I actually well so wait wait wait, wait let mine. me
0: let me take this because i i I go think ahead. I understand what what he has here. Okay. so when you go to password options, there are two sets of options to choose from. You can say auto fill passwords. that's a toggle for on or off. Then there is allow filling from, and you can have as as John said, you know iCloud passwords. And and he, Jason has one password. You could have Pass chosen here if you're still using that. But then the second section of this is what he's talking about. Set up oh, verification see. codes using. And you can only choose one thing. And uh, it can be iCloud passwords, which of course is Apple's. Or now 1Password8 for iOS adds the ability to do verification codes directly to it, So when you scan that QR code for a, uh, a, a you know, uh, the, to set up the one time passwords, it will automatically do, go to one password to do that. So, OK, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, like, yeah, and my guess is other password apps will will add support for this. It seems like Google Authenticator already has because that shows up on, on Jason's screenshot as well as uh, what was the, the last one? Duo Mobile. So uh, my guess is LastPass is working on some other things, like maybe, you know, trying to divest themselves of the business if I were them. But, uh, you know, there you go. So you still using LastPass, John? Yeah. hmm Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Jared shares a cool, cool stuff found. And it is, I will pull it up. Because it's a pair of underwater bone conduction headphones. It is the H2O Audio Sonar IPX8. Uh, and it is the, uh, they're bone conduction Bluetooth headphones. And Jared says he uses them while he's swimming, which sort of blows me away uh, that that would even be a thing. So, uh yeah amazing they they they, um they're open ear because they do bone conduction and they're for swimming that's not the right screen i'm aware i'm aware i'm I'm just waiting for it to come up that's no problem most of the audience is on audio it's all good um (laughs) yep so the um but yeah he says he uses them for uh for you know swimming and i i presume uh though it could be done differently sets his iPhone sort of on the edge of the pool and then has these and, and the list price is one thirty on Amazon, but uh, mm-hmm. at least at the moment they are available for a hundred bucks. Yeah. 99 bucks on Amazon.
2: I so. wonder if there's any memory on board. So you don't need. Yes. You know, if you could up, you know,
0: Oh, the, I bet you're right because it lists them as bone conduction, Bluetooth bone conduction headphones with MP3 player. So yeah. Uh, yeah, they've got eight gigs of internal memory. There you go. It's as nice. though you willed it into existence. You manifested right, brother? it, brother.
2: <laughs> yup. <laughs> now the next question is: How deep can they go? Can you scuba
0: dive with them? <laughs> oh, I don't know that I would do that, Pete. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. They're IPX8. So what is does that tell us anything? Oh, there about you go. The depth well let me Google that while you're of looking things, right? I like I so. Yeah. Yeah. Um IPX eight waterproof rating. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But uh I I don't know that I would okay. I would go terribly deep. Eight.
2: continuous immersion one meter more. Up to one meter one meter or more. Continuous continuous immersion one meter or more. Okay. Well I'm going to scuba dive it more than a meter. So, (laughs) I mean,
0: you know, if they were free,
2: I'd try it, but you know, I'm not going to drop a hundred on them and then go, yeah, let's, let's go ruin these.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's cool. Thank you for sending that in Jared. I like, uh, I like this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's, there's one that, uh, that I have to share. It's actually something Lisa put on her phone is the pop socket aura case which is the uh, it's for magsafe phones where you want to use a pop socket but also be able to still use magsafe and the way it works is the it, it it's it's a case with this pop socket that sort of slides up and down on the case and you can slide it out of the way of the magsafe uh, adapter you uh, know uh, coil and then pop it on a magsafe charger or in the car or you know wherever you want to put it and then when you want it back up in toward the middle of the phone you just sort of slide this little thing it slides on sort of rails along the edge of the phone but uh folds down pretty flat not flat enough to let MagSafe through it which is why it moves out of the way so that's the aura pop socket case uh at least it was one of those things that i'm like hey i have one of these for your phone do you uh you want it and she said yeah Uh Uh-oh. Did I lose you guys? I think I lost him. I think I lost my connection. Amazing. It's as though people are just out to get me. I love it. I love it. Let's see what happens here.
2: My home. Oh, hey, I'm back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Welcome back, Dave.
0: Thanks. Yeah. We were under
2: the sage deadbolt. Great.
0: That's great. Yep. Keep going. I'll catch up. It looks like
2: we need to stay on there because Dave is gone again. Um, I was saying I have a Slage deadbolt on my home in Florida. It's really cool. You can set up uh, codes for friends and family to get in and you can do it remotely. You don't have to be there. It's like a little account and you can activate and disable codes. So if a cleaning woman's going to go in, you can let her in only on certain days or turn it on and off as needed. And then, uh, and go from there. But uh, uh, I change the batteries on it about once a year, and I can unlock it
0: and lock it remotely from
2: anywhere in the world. That so I have
0: internet connected. I, I I need to start sort of back at the top of this because um you did the yeah. Schlage Encode Plus Smart Wi-Fi Deadbolt for most of the people for for almost no one. <laughs> the, 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 oh, good. Okay, I get right. the audio recording. So if I wasn't here. Uh, They missed it, but, uh, but everything you said about it, Pete, that, that, that did make it through uh, makes sense. But what this uh, Greg sent in this, this Schlage, schlage, uh, I guess it is Schlage. It's a weird word. It's the encode plus uh, deadbolt. And uh, it is, I'm going to pull it up here because Greg had some interesting things to say about it, but he's able to use his Apple watch or his phone. Mm -hmm. to unlock the door with it as in addition to a code or a key. So, yeah,
2: right. Yeah. And then, uh, and here's the other cool thing. What I did was I took my, I I went to the hardware store, the Ace hardware store, and I bought a Slage doorknob. And I took the key for my deadbolt, my Slage deadbolt, because you can manually override it with a key. The old-fashioned way. And then I, I took that to the hardware store, bought a slage door lock, and said, here, make this door lock work with this key. Oh. And, they, and, you know, the Ace Hardware Store would have, you can can make that. So now my deadbolt and my doorknob are the same key.
0: Oh, wow. And,
2: and but, but the ability to use that electronic lock works wonders. So I tell people, you know, I tell them, hey, don't lock the doorknob. And, right, you know, if you do, then I've got to get somebody involved, get over there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. the deadbolt itself, we have amazing amount of control over: remote lock, unlock, set codes for different family members, um, and you, I like to spell out their names or use their birth dates or those sorts of things, so they don't get, d- don't don't share somebody, that too much. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, and then if you don't, you can disable it. That's the beauty Oh, of that's
0: it, true. Is yeah. that,
2: uh, you know, you go, okay, the, um, you know, the maid's only going to be there this day. I disable her, her code the rest of the time.
0: Oh, that's really so, smart. Yeah. I and like so,
2: it. yeah. Slazer's really got this. Um, All right. We're going to, we're going to wrap this up take, here. I would say.
0: Pete, Pete, your audio okay. is. I was just, no, you're, you're, you're fine. It, uh, it, it, it It's just that your okay. audio coming from Germany. Either yours, I can't tell. John, are you getting Pete's audio broken up as well, or is it coming through okay nope, for you? Okay, just you. So it's it's okay, something's go going ahead. on here. We're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap the show up where we should have well, any one way, important time-wise. piece
2: of information about it, and very short, which is it takes probably a little better than beginner, probably intermediate skills to install yourself.
0: There you go. Yeah well thanks for hanging out with us folks thanks for dealing with our uh, our fun little travel bandwidth issues <laughs> thanks for thanks to cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you make sure you check out pilot pete's other shows so there i was dot us uh make sure you check out our sponsors here uh at macgeekgov.com slash sponsors of course you can also check out the sponsors that we mentioned in the show uh that was a uh, factor at factormeals.com slash mgg60 uh, to get 60% off your first box. Collide.com slash mgg, wildgrain.com slash mgg. Thank goodness the band comes through nice and loud and clear. Folks, we almost didn't make it. Follow our advice, and you will get through life as best as you possibly can. And that advice is. Folks, don't get caught.
2: May not like we did.